60. Hello and welcome to the first episode of 60 Seconds in the Microwave. I'm your host, Will Buckley, and for our first ep, I've got the fantastic Jay Soulier, a really experienced business owner that's got over 25 years worth of experience, but his latest venture is uh, is the launching of his second franchise of Motor Burger. I caught up with Jay in Windsor, Ontario, a thriving community four hours southwest of Toronto, uh, a harrowing drive for us in uh, in thunderstorms the night before, but we made it there. Uh, and Jay was very kind to take us across the, the border, across the Detroit River into Detroit, Michigan, uh, where he's uh, a Canadian entrepreneur uh, doing something that not too many Canadian entrepreneurs get the opportunity to do, uh, and that is expand his business from from Canada into into the US so uh, we caught up with Jay the morning of the opening of his first first day of, of business uh, and uh, he he was kind enough to share all of his wisdom from the past 25 years in the restaurant industry uh, some do's and don'ts and some uh, some really interesting stories uh, and of course uh, like the title of this podcast suggests we're going to absolutely make sure we get the best 60 seconds of advice that Jay has to offer Let's jump into it. You guys sound weird. Where are you from? <laughs> oh, wait, you're you interviewing me. Weird. <laughs> you're interviewing me. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. All right. Well, welcome to Jay Soulier. We're here in Detroit, Michigan, which is on the other side of uh, we, we say we are in Canada. But uh, Jay, thanks for having us. Um, welcome to our first ever podcast. Maybe thank you. I, apparently, I'm the first one. This is cool. You are. This is this is breaking new ground. So thank you. You know, it's the opposite of Drake. Start at the top, right? <laughs> That'll work really well for us. <laughs> so we should probably end it after a one series there podcast. There right? you go. Right. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, yourself and, and where we are today. Uh, so myself, um, I'm Jay. I just turned 50. Congratulations. Yeah. You made it. Yeah, I made it. At yeah. what point did you probably realize that you, you were an entrepreneur or is it something that just kind of naturally happened? I think we were labeled by, by some family members as that early on. Mm-hmm. And, um, we didn't, you know, you kind of just go, like I said, you hear the word and you don't really associate it, but then. After a while, you just realize that, that that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. You you are a jack of all trades. Yeah. You know, you you. The one thing that's cool about entrepreneurs is that they're not scared to tackle anything, mm-hmm. and they usually think they know more than the person that's actually qualified to do the job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, totally. Right. Um, how confident are you now opening a new small business compared to the ones you've opened in the past? That's that question has a lot of layers because. We're 25 years in, mm. so we're fairly confident. But the business and the times have changed so much in 25 years mm-hmm. uh, that you, you know, when, when you turn of age, right, and you have a family now, things are, priorities change a little bit. Whereas I would jump in both feet, head first, no problem, anytime, right? Bring it on. Now, you're a little bit, I don't want to say leery, but you're a little bit more cautious of your of your moves. You know? Do you think that's helpful in the decision making process of of being a little bit more reserved and conservative? Like, does that allow you to 
pay more attention to detail and, and increase your probability. To of be success? honest with you, I think it's probably the opposite. Oh, really? Yeah, especially as being an entrepreneur, you need to you need to grab the bull by the horns and get in and go. Mm-hmm. Now, in saying that, you don't. I think the expeditious nature of business now has made things more difficult too. Um, you don't you don't often have time to think it out, mm-hmm. and you know you often go with your instincts anyway, and that's fine. Uh, whereas before, though we were definitely the more aggressive ones. Like we were faster to the, to the, you know, the pitch than anyone else was. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of why I think we jumped ahead in a, some of the industries that were some of the concepts that we were in. Like we did a cafe concepts when Windsor had no cafe concepts. There was no Starbucks. Mm-hmm. There was, I think one second cup that was fraudulently was failing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I remember people having an espresso and looking at it and go, Oh my God, only in Windsor. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what do you mean only in Windsor? And they said, look at the size of it. I'm like, Sure, it's an espresso. It's served like this everywhere in the world, <laughs> yeah. right? But it was that just tells you the nature of the 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 uh, area I was at, and we were ahead of the game that way. Mm-hmm. I think it's a bit of a it's a bit of a, a hindrance to be a little bit too much reserved. Mm-hmm. I think um, fear is not a a good thing to be a motivator. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Or a detractor because. You always have a certain level of fear that it's not going to work out, but now there's more people riding on that fear, right? So the fear is larger. Yeah. Right. If it was just me, it wouldn't matter. And uh, your your business partner Gino, mm-hmm. how did you guys first meet? Oh, and I, see, ha- I told you this story. That's yeah. why <laughs> I see this. I see I, I a smirk. Not. I see a smirk. <laughs> so the funny thing is, I have a daughter who just went to high school yeah. last week, right? And I met Gino in my grade nine year of high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went to a different school. I went to a new school where I didn't know anybody there, right? And we're having those struggles with my daughter right now. But mm-hmm. anyway, uh, I happened to make a friend in geography class. His name was Dave. Um, and we start hanging out a little bit. Uh, and then we st- this was the, the first generation of breakdancers, right? <laughs> so we were, we were into breakdancing. This is going into dangerous territory. Now. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> and I know this is where you wanted it to go. <laughs> so anyway, we uh, were, you know, designing some cardboard and logo it and all that stuff and he said hey man we should go see my neighbor Gino because he's Italian we can use a linoleum instead of cardboard to spin on so we said okay so we met Gino and he was into breakdancing too he was <laughs> a, a year younger than we were but uh, we started hanging around hanging out through high school off and on doing the breakdance thing and then we ended up going to university together mm-hmm. uh, and then through university we would often take similar classes business classes go to the law library and talk about how we're going to make million dollars doing business on our own mm-hmm. and then uh, shoot back to like I think it was 92 or 93 I was working for Labatt's uh, which was a pretty good job at the time it was a sales job so it was you know something I didn't want to just not take seriously so I took it seriously and all uh, a bunch of our friends went to Europe mm-hmm. so I declined that to stay and do the job and they backpacked around the Europe to you know find themselves and then he came back. Did they, did they find themselves? Most of them did. Most yeah. of them found themselves, yeah. Do you wish you had gone along and taken uh, that? Uh, you know, nah. Yeah. You know, I learned, I learned a lot. Hand, I learned a lot. Hands dirty, yeah. roll up your sleeves. Yeah. But he came back and he was uh, enamored by the cafe culture in Italy, uh, all over Europe, but mostly in Italy. And he said, you know what? I think this is a place we could use here. We don't have one. Mm. I said, all right, well, where do I fit in? He's like, well, do it with me. I said, okay. So about a year later, we signed a lease and, you know, renovated the space on our own, designed it, designed the logos, designed the menus and everything else. And this, at this point, neither one of us had done food. I, I mean, I think I had three, three weeks at a restaurant one time. Um, uh, so we, you know, we had some people we knew that we respected in the industry kind of give us some tips and stuff, mm-hmm. which uh, no one ever does really in this business. 
because uh, there's a weird way of thinking that you're competing against them. And there's my other employee. All right. Excuse me. No worries. <laughs> so in anyway. case you, you didn't catch on, we were uh, briefly paused or interrupted because Jay's in the middle of opening Motor Burger today. Today could be day one, and, and one of his staff members actually walked in early because they're so eager to. This is like to live radio deck. or something. <laughs> we're not stopping. We're, no we're not edits. Stopping. We're just going all the way right, through. Right. Going right. all the way through. Uh, can I you buy your mean? first burger? You can buy the first franchise. You can buy the first. You want to impress me? Sounds good. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me get. Someone what can someone, I do to impress you? There's a guy Please, that's Jay. he's part owner here, and he's uh, come to find out he he's like somehow related to people I know in Windsor, mm. so we know all the same people. Mm. So he's been bugging me. When you're opening, when you're opening, I want to give you the first hundred bucks. I'm like, keep your hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. Give me the first hundred grand and let's franchise this nice. thing. Nice. It was silence after that. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd we leave off? That's the problem. See, editing's going to be fun. Whoever's the editor. We, we were talking. Yeah. We were talking about you and Gino, and the break dancing. Right. I thought we passed that part. Did no, we we're back part? on the break dancing. Yeah. Um, so. And then what happened? So you guys opened um, the cafe. Opened the cafe. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, you're green. You think you know it all, and you don't, mm -hmm. right? But I think, the, you know, a good uh, uh, idea or a, a thing in small business is uh, where there's a will, there's a way, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's super difficult. At times, you know, excruciatingly difficult. At times, you're on the high, right? But especially with this, this concept here, too, I, I've said to the girls that are working with me, it's going to be a challenge because it's a new thing in 165 square feet, but where there's a will, there's a way. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're always attempting to make something better uh, and always progressing, you know, the, the margin of success is higher, yeah. you know? Yeah. And has that been your, is that something that you think you've learned or begin to appreciate more is, as uh, you've done more and more ventures or have you always had that instinct? I think and we always had it. Yeah, I honestly you? think we always had it. Like we, we've always, the, the, the thing with Gino and I, you know, we're, we're 25 years in business together. That yep. doesn't happen, yep. right? And I think that sort of um, lays testament that we sort of are on the same page. We see ourselves where we want to be and not where we're at, mm -hmm. right? You blink and you're 25 years in, right? Yep. And uh, I think we thought we'd be way more, quote unquote, successful, but that's a, that's a very, you know, that's an odd term. Mm -hmm. Success, being in business is 25 years is success enough. That's huge success. Right? Uh, the financial reward of it all has been difficult. Yeah. Right? So we've managed to raise families on it, mm -hmm. uh, and we have super supportive uh, wives and children, mm -hmm. right? Because it's a, you know, being an entrepreneur is tough. Being an entrepreneur in the restaurant business is even tougher because your hours are never yours. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you pick the restaurant industry? I don't know, man. I just had this <laughs> conversation with her. I swore I would never do this. <laughs> So another, uh, you know, never say you're never going to do something because it happens. Yeah. Uh, I worked my first, one of the first part-time jobs I did as I, I worked at a restaurant and I, it was, it was, you know, ripe with inefficiencies and you know, disgruntled people and irate customers. And I'm like, this is the worst occupation around. I'll never do this. Yeah. And then you get in the business and again, we got in it to design them because we liked making concepts and bringing concepts to the public and seeing the response and that's the that gets our creative juices going right and uh that's probably why we've reinvented ourselves so many times you know mm -hmm. we had the cafe and then the the pizzeria and the lounge bar and a fine dining italian place and then the pizza in the uh, burger place and then we also brew our own beer uh, we run the craft beer festival so the creative end of it i think is probably what sticks 
keeps us keeps us doing it. It sounds like there's a number of like almost uncontrollable factors that you have to be on top of and consider before you decide to jump into it. Why Detroit now versus say like five years ago when you guys may have looked at other potential ventures? Like why why now? Uh, you know, it's coincidence that it's on a big uprising in this city's um, comeback. We'll call mm-hmm. it right. Yeah, there was just a you know I, I guess the the cards all lined up on this particular one. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's a there's a lady that uh, she runs the Midtown Development Group, um, and not to go back, but our, our lounge bar, we had a, a business partner named Richie Houghton, who's a, he's a very famous electronic DJ. And he, at the time, was living in Berlin. Um, he was looking to acquire some property in Detroit. And this is going back now, probably a good seven, eight years ago. So, I mean, the comeback was probably happening, but nowhere near the, the, you know, the rate it is now. Mm-hmm. So his friend, who runs the Electronic Music Festival in Detroit, uh, reached out to the Midtown Development Group just to see if there was any buildings that were up and what was happening for development. And the lady that runs it got wind of him and us and personally took us on a tour, which is uh, pretty surprising because she's a very busy woman and mm-hmm. uh, doesn't often meet with every person knocking on her door. Mm-hmm. So that struck us as kind of... the Jason from the music festival was like, wow, we have Susan taking us around. Like I didn't know who she was, so mm-hmm. very, very amazing woman uh she at that point told us of a 10 billion dollars in investment ground shovel ready already in midtown which is right where we're at right now uh and it's staggering to hear that kind of number yeah and everything that she had told me that day she, in fact she told me that she had just signed whole foods to come to midtown which is the first grocery store in like 40 years in detroit and she, I couldn't say anything at the time. She says it's, you know, it's under wraps, mm-hmm. but I just signed them. And sure enough, they're in Midtown, about three blocks from here. Wow. And they're crushing it. Yeah. So um, we've kept in touch. Like the, um, she showed us a couple of properties. She invited us out for a property that opened. It was a multi-use commercial residential uh, that she really wanted us to go in. Uh, uh, we just kind of, at the time, we weren't feeling it, but we came to the groundbreaking anyway. And there's literally 300 people there. Mm-hmm. And she comes belting through the crowd to see her Canadian boys, Gino and Jay. It was like the so Canadians. surreal. So <laughs> surreal. So she's like, you got to meet the owner. And we got to blah, 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 blah. So anyway, uh, that place is, that was a super interesting concept too. It's, it took 16 different financers mm-hmm. to make this thing happen from every level of government to a couple different banks to private investment. And the thing was built and it's full and it's thriving. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, that leaves testament on a collaboration of a community, mm-hmm. you know, on all levels. You know, every every one of the levels of government said <coughs> they believe in it. Uh, they gave them the grants where they needed to get them. They helped them out with their financing. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone came to the table, committed, and it worked. Yep. And that is just spurring on. That area of Midtown is just expanding, yep. right? So it's it's super exciting to get to your point. How um how important is it to navigating through waters? In, in your industry, how important is it to have a business partner like Gino um, that you can, I can essentially complement? I can tell you this, it's pretty invaluable because I'm the only one that has the visa right now. So I'm the only one that can work over here. Mm-hmm. So really this whole, even if it's a small 165 square feet, there's still a lot to do. Mm-hmm. And we've always collaborated on everything and he's not legal to come over here and do anything. So mm-hmm. he can't work, mm-hmm. right? So you really see the value when you have that person, right? Yeah. So it's, it's um, 
there's there's no doubt that it's been um, you know testament to our success yeah. if I had to do it myself I would probably say Gino is probably more of an optimist than I am mm-hmm. I'm just a negative bastard <laughs> the cynic no I'm, I'm not I, I'm a realist I call it but uh, he's he's uh, I think I think both of us at certain times if you're the down guy you know well I'll be the one that's pushing a little bit harder mm-hmm. and then vice versa but he's uh there's no doubt in my mind. If, the, if we weren't together for the 25 years, I probably still wouldn't be in business for 25 years. Yeah. yeah. Let's go high points and low points for both of you guys through the 25 years. Mm. Um, do you have a, a high point that you both sort of rode together and uh, a key highlight? The most recent that comes to, to mind is the accolades we received on this brand, on Motorburger. I get a, f- uh, a phone call or an email. It was a phone call saying, uh, listen, we're, it's Reader's Digest. We're doing a uh, burger issue. Uh, with 10 chefs across Canada. Can you get us a burger recipe fast? Because I need it like yesterday. I go, okay, where are you calling from? She's like, uh, Rear Side just out of Toronto. I said, can't find a burger guy in Toronto? <laughs> well, you know, people have been there. I th- I should, they might not have said Reader's Side just at this point because I wasn't putting two and two together. But yeah. they said, people have been to your place. They really like what you do. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're cool with doing it, I said, yeah, no problem. So at the end of the day, I, I gave them a, mm-hmm. you know, a sort of a doctored version of one of our stuff that mm-hmm. people, home cooks can do. So it started getting more uh, communication back and forth. And then I realized on a, on a carbon copy of the emails that there was like uh, Martin Picard from Wopi de Cachon in Montreal. And uh, their names are escaping me right now. But there was a, a Top Chef contestant from the West Coast, um, another Top Chef finalist from you know, Calgary. Mm. Uh, another top chef out of East Coast, and I'm a self-taught hack. Yeah. So I look at my wife and I said, "Look at those people," <laughs> and there's me. <laughs> right. So now I'm I've, I've I've sort of like associated myself with really good company, yeah. just because I did a burger. Yeah. So I'm starting to joke now, saying, "Listen, I want the cover." Yeah. Right. So they're like, "Oh, <laughs> you gotta wait till it comes out. I'm not gonna tell you <laughs> who's gonna get the cover." Well, we didn't get the cover. <laughs> the someone did a moose burger, got the cover. Oh. But it was. Uh, it's very the Canadian. Way, very Canadian. There you go. <laughs> they um, they put it as the top five burgers, so I happen to be the number one spot. Oh, but it wasn't number a one spot on the top five burgers in Canada. Right. It wasn't a competition. Yep. It wasn't voted on. It just happened to be the way they wrote the article. Yep. My modesty is coming through right now. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I um, so if there was a one, two, three, four, five, and you were one, you I were was number one. one. You were number one. Okay, but I didn't realize it. Yeah. I just thought I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, this was Labor Day weekend, uh, not Labor Day, uh, Victoria Day. Mm-hmm. So half my staff has it off. It's traditionally slow because people go and open their cottages. The phone is off the hook. <laughs> yeah. People call me from Vancouver. I need a table for six. I'm like, well, we don't take reservations. Okay. Well, we're gonna show up at five o'clock. We fly in it. I'm like, okay. It, it was so. Uh, much that I couldn't even slice the buns that I needed toast for the night. I'm like, <laughs> I think we're going to get killed tonight. There was a lineup, six deep, six wide, out the door, around the block. Wow. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Did you get through it? Like, You have no choice. Yeah. I, think, I, I think I was, I was crushed. By, by 9.30, I'm like, make it stop. Because yeah. it was just insane amount of business at the spur of a second. Yeah. So come to find out, when the Reader's Digest thing came out, CBC Windsor uh, got wind of it, mm-hmm. so they called me for an interview. That interview and um, photos went to CBC National, mm-hmm. which is how someone in Vancouver heard about it. So it just got crazy. Like, I had the number one burger in Canada. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. But it was. <laughs> right? Yeah. You are too modest. 
I guess I'm Canadian, man. I guess I'm modest. That is the Canadian way. That yeah, is the Canadian yeah. way. But it's uh, that was probably a super high point. You know, yeah. I mean, is there a low point where you guys sort of looked at each other and, and really plenty. did it tough? There's plenty because you uh, you realize the challenges in the restaurant business and yeah. in the city we're in and and uh, and you know the country we're in, I suppose. But um, probably the worst one was the expropriation. Yeah, yeah. We um, we had three locations on that block. Three, you know, arguably successful locations. They and how, all, how long? You, how long you, had you been on that block and contributing to that local community? So the one lease was into its second term, so it was yeah. around seven to eight years on that block, mm-hmm. um, with multi uh, signability on each lease, mm-hmm. um, and they did very well. And then uh, the city expropriated the land for Chrysler Canada to put a, a, a big, high-rise promised, you know, office building downtown. So you guys have been giving a lot, pouring your heart and soul into your local community, Windsor, Ontario, and then, I mean, almost out of nowhere, I guess, things just kind of change on you. You know, you hear rumors that people made millions off of expropriation. You know, yeah. they've, they're, they're rich now. Yeah. And when you see, when you hear a dollar amount where they got a couple hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars or whatever it is, uh, that they take that and they put it in their pocket. And yeah. that's not the case. They're trying to replace what they're, you're losing, mm-hmm. and then you're fighting over your lawyer versus their lawyer and your accountant versus their accountant. They're trying to keep it down, and you're trying to keep it up. When you're not agreeing with them, you have no money. Mm-hmm. Your income train stops. Yeah, David and Goliath. Like they, don't, yeah. they don't care, and it's you know, obviously part of the tactic, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they would give you little bits to give you like a, you know, here's a grain of rice to see, keep you from starving. Yeah. But uh, it was super, super difficult. And it sounds like, I mean, from all I've, I've heard from speaking to you and, and Gino, like, because I don't think, I don't get the sense that you guys are financially driven or motivated. It's, it's almost like it's the fact that you've, you're pouring your heart and soul into doing something cool for the community. And there's almost like a, an element where you lose complete control over a certain situation. Absolutely. And to me, it sounds like it's the challenge of figuring out how to, how to bounce back and, and keep this going, not necessarily for yourselves, but for what you've created around you guys. Well, that was, part, that was one of those times where Gina was definitely the optimist there. Yeah. He, you know, he wanted to continue on. You know, we have a bunch of equipment now. What do we do? You know? and, and I think that he motivated me to stick through it and keep on going, right? Yeah. And then we teamed up with uh, uh, some people on uh, the Italian street. We made a really good, again, getting the jazz about designing the place. We came up with a concept that, you know, took influences from wherever we were and opened up this this fine dining Italian place uh, that was, like, super sleek and contemporary. And uh, that hit off huge, too. We got written up over here and and had a a big American clientele coming over. Because at the time the border were free right they were mm-hmm. like easy to get across there was no turmoil uh and as we were building the stairway literally probably a month to two months before we opened uh 9-11 happened yeah ironically it's today. anniversary today yeah so um it was surreal like i remember it like it was yesterday mm. and we had no idea what would what this would change mm. so the american clientele crushed us for a year along with the Windsor people uh, and then you know many many border challenges and Win- Windsor Ontario is like it's a five minute drive from Detroit yeah, could, on the, like could, it's under a tunnel over the bridge you get a good baseball player you can throw a pitch across the water yeah. it's very 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 close in yeah. fact I make door to door from my place in Windsor to here mm-hmm. uh, if there's not a lot of traffic at the border I'm here in 12 minutes yeah 
Yeah, so it's very, very close. So uh, that was a whole big part of our clientele that was just starting to dwindle because of things that were not in our control. Mm. I have a friend who's in the film business. He got a documentary tip to do directing for CBC. They were doing a documentary on, uh, they called it GST, their HST. It was, uh, it was about how the economy was motivating people to change their life, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, because this was right around 2008, 2009. So along with the American stuff coming, the economy's bad. Yep. Fine dining is a very, you know, it's a, a luxury. Yeah, well, the times are good. Fine dining is good. When it's not, you're not eating it uh, so up a silver spoon. He said, you know what? Because he, he got wind of us thinking about doing the change to a burger concept. And he said, I think I might be able to film this because I think it's a pretty good story. Yeah. So he pretty much gave us the kick off the edge to go ahead and do it. Yep. Um, so we, were, we, we closed for two and a half or three months, renovated it ourselves. The uh, same location. Same location. The fine dining restaurant in the Italian quarter. Yes. Flips to a burger joint. Right. And if, if I was like, you know, a buck for every naysayer, <laughs> yep. I'd have a mortgage paid off. <laughs> They're like, well, you know, a burger place on an Italian block makes no sense. Yep. I'm like, good concepts are good concepts. Good yep. food is good food. If it's yep. good, people will go. Yep. Right? That's what we believed. We had the property anyway. We needed to do it. So we did mm -hmm. it. And uh, then all the crush happened with, uh, you know, it's, it's ne we've never looked back. Like, it's been, it's been a very successful venture there yeah right? and does that i mean does that allow you to sort of differentiate and become more of a like a premium brand or premium widget and there's like commercial reasons behind that as well well th there's a couple of factors with that too because with the upward pressure on pricing right for things like our utilities in ontario and, yeah. and the crush with the minimum wage and there's upward pressure. We, you had to increase your menu prices because mm -hmm. that's the only way around it. Unless mm -hmm. you're an eight-year-old restaurant and you can drive, you know, $180,000 additional sales to pay for the increase that's coming on your labor end. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to happen. So you, you try to get creative uh, on the menu side to, to try to push some more profitability ingredients. Uh, you definitely have to increase your pricing. I mean, there's burger joints everywhere. It's, it's hard to do a good burger and want to keep going back to the same place. But Where's the threshold of a burger price? Yeah. Right? It's the one constant in history that's been a pretty inexpensive comfort food. Yeah. We're, we're rivaling on that, you know, that line where now it's, it's, not, somewhere, it's not so much of a deal anymore. It's, yeah. not, you know, it's, it's been pushed to a level where people won't come as often because mm -hmm. it's, it used to be the comfort food that they can use as an excuse mm -hmm. to go out. Yeah, and uh, it's getting to a point where that's uh, that might not be there anymore, right? Yeah. So that's that's been a frustrating part. But being creative kind of allows you to always be at the front end of that, I guess, burger innovation curve, so that you can always um, excite customers and hopefully attract talent and staff that want to learn their trades, cut their teeth a little bit in the kitchen. Um, that's that's been a difficult one too, because yeah. we're in a, a you know a, a labor market where everyone's looking for people, right? Yeah, because we're also in a generation that wants fast success now yeah uh not that i want to make someone work for their living you know and work and earn it but unfortunately that's reality you mm -hmm. need to work and you gain wisdom and you get better at what you do and that's how you succeed and stuff uh but it's been it's been a you know you know i've had well over 300 employees in my 25 years and it it's uh the door swings frequently more now than it ever has right you've essentially given 300 kids like a first start though like i remember my first job like invaluable experience and coming into your first job you've got no idea what to expect <laughs> you basically got no life skills like it's a 
especially in the local community coming out of Windsor, Ontario, like to, to be able to say that you've given 300 people a start in their mm-hmm. career. Um, I don't know if there's many small business owners around that get the opportunity to, to sort of wear that badge of... Well, of I, I guess that's probably because the amount of time that we've been doing it. Uh, yeah. I mean, everyone, everybody, small business is in the same boat. They have to get give somebody a shake, yeah. right? Uh, and some people are good at it and some people aren't good at it. It's just the rest of the challenges that are surround our industry that makes it difficult, right? Yeah, totally. Uh, big question for, for the day in 60 seconds or less. Jay, could you please give us your best piece of advice to any budding entrepreneur um, using all of your experience over the past 25 years? Run it professionally. Run it like a profession. I think, I think professionalism is gone by the wayside anymore. I think people... Uh, committal is shy and people just don't treat each other with the respect and professionalism on anything whether it's uh, your, where you're going to dine or who's coming to fix your plumbing you know mm-hmm. it's just I think professionalism is lost and I think we need to bring that back and I think that garners your respect from clientele uh, suppliers co-workers you know colleagues and I think with that is probably the, the advice I'd let you stick with I mean um, it's not easy mm-hmm. by any stretch, um, but it's rewarding when you have little successes and, and stuff like that, right? So stick to it and just, uh, I don't know, just be professional. Awesome. That's great. All right. And uh, if anyone's passing through Detroit or is in Detroit or Windsor and wants to get get their, uh, their mouth around a, a beautiful burger, how do they, uh, how do they so find you guys at Motor Burger? We're located in Windsor at 888 Erie Street East in Little Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, and in Detroit, we're at 474 Peterborough inside the Detroit Shipping Company. Awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Jay. It's been Thanks awesome. Thanks for having me. like being number one. <laughs> number one is best. <laughs> Burgers and podcast. Right, right, right. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.